Chapter Fifteen of Poison Romance and Poison Mysteries by Charles John Samuel Thompson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Fifteen: The Rugeley Mystery. Strychnine may very justly be termed a deadly poison. It is one of the active principles extracted from Nux vomica, the singular disc-like seed of the Strychnos Nux vomica, a tree indigenous to most parts of India, Burma, North Australia, and other countries. Nux vomica was unknown to the ancients, and is said to have been introduced into medicine by the Arabians, but there is very little reliable record of it until the seventeenth century when the seeds were used for poisoning animals and birds strychnine was discovered in eighteen eighteen by pelletier and clarenton and was first extracted from st ignatius bean in which it is present to the extent of about one point five per cent very soon afterwards it was extracted from nux vomica which being very plentiful is now the chief source of the drug it is extremely bitter in taste and may be distinctly detected in a solution containing no more than one six hundred thousandth part for a considerable time after its discovery the detection of strychnine in the body after death was a matter of great uncertainty especially when only a small quantity had been administered but now it is possible to detect the presence of one five thousandth part of a grain and that even after some period has elapsed it has been used for criminal purposes by several notorious poisoners notably by dove palmer and cream but the symptoms produced are so marked and its presence clearly indicated that detection now is almost certain among the most celebrated trials of this century was that of dr palmer who was charged with the wilful murder of john parsons cook at rugeley in eighteen fifty five a special act of parliament was passed in order to have this case tried in london where it was brought before lord chief justice campbell mr baron alderson and mr justice cresswell at the central criminal court on may fourteenth eighteen fifty six the attorney-general mr e james q c with several other counsel conducted the prosecution and palmer was defended by mr sergeant shee measures grove q c gray and kennelly the accused man was a country doctor and had carried on a medical practice in rugeley a small town in staffordshire for some years then he went on the turf and made his business over to a man named thirlby a former assistant shortly afterwards he made the acquaintance of john p cook over some betting transactions cook was a young man of good family about twenty-eight years of age and was intended for the legal profession he was articled to a solicitor but after a time inheriting some property worth between twelve and fifteen thousand pounds he abandoned law and commenced to keep race-horses meeting palmer at various race-meetings they soon became very intimate in a very short time palmer got into difficulties and was compelled to raise money on bills things went from bad to worse until he at last forged an acceptance to a bill in his mother's name who was possessed of considerable property 
in eighteen fifty four he owed a large sum of money and in the same year his wife died whose life it transpired he had insured for thirteen thousand pounds with this money he bought two racehorses but in his betting transactions he lost heavily and then commenced to borrow money from cook whose name he also forged on one occasion on the back of a cheque he insured his brother's life for thirteen thousand pounds and very shortly after he died the amount being also paid to palmer this money soon went and at length he had two writs out against him for four thousand pounds in the meanwhile cook had been more successful than his friend in his racing ventures and had won a considerable amount with a race-horse he owned called polestar polestar was entered for the shrewsbury races on november fourteenth eighteen fifty five and cook and palmer went there and stayed with some friends at the same hotel in that town on the evening of the races they were drinking brandy and water together cook asked palmer to have some more and the latter replied not unless you finish your glass cook noticing he had some still left in his tumbler said oh, i'll soon do that and finished it at a draught on swallowing it he immediately exclaimed there's something in it burns my throat palmer took up the glass and said oh, nonsense there is nothing in it and called the attention of the others standing by cook then suddenly left the room and was seized with violent vomiting this became so bad that he soon had to be taken to bed and appeared to be very seriously ill two hours later a medical man was sent for who at once prescribed an emetic and then a pill he obtained relief from these and by the morning the vomiting had ceased and he was much better though he still felt very unwell they returned to rugeley together cook taking rooms at a hotel directly opposite palmer's house cook was still confined to his room and during the next few days was constantly visited by palmer and after each visit it was noticed the sickness commenced again on one occasion palmer had some broth prepared which he specially wished cook to take the latter tried to swallow it but was immediately sick it was then taken downstairs and a woman at the hotel thinking it looked nice took a couple of tablespoons of it but within half an hour she was taken seriously ill and obliged to go to bed her symptoms being exactly like those of cook's when first taken ill at shrewsbury three days after this a neighbouring doctor was called in palmer telling him that cook was suffering from a bilious attack palmer then suddenly went off to london his business being to try and arrange about the settlement of some debts that were pressing from the time he left it was noticed by the doctor that cook's condition rapidly improved and in a day or two he was able to leave his bed and be up and dressed on palmer's return to rugeley he at once went to see cook and during the rest of his illness was constantly with him on the evening of his return he also called on a surgeon's assistant with whom he was acquainted and purchased from him three grains of strychnine cook was taking some pills which had been prescribed by the doctor and which had done him good they were ordered to be taken at bedtime and the box containing them was in his room he was visited by palmer about eleven o'clock the same night and up to that time he was apparently well palmer left shortly after 
at twelve o'clock the whole house was aroused by violent screams proceeding from cook's room the servants rushed in and found him writhing in great agony shouting murder he was evidently suffering intense pain and soon was seized with convulsions palmer was at once sent for and on his arrival cook was gasping for breath and hardly able to speak he ran back to procure some medicine which on his return he gave him but the sick man at once threw it back the attack gradually passed off and by morning he was somewhat better but very weak the same day palmer visited a chemist he knew in the town and purchased six grains of strychnine during the afternoon a relative of palmer's who was also a medical man arrived on a visit to rugeley and he was taken to see cook and in the evening a consultation was held by the three medical men they agreed to prescribe some medicine for the patient in the form of pills which were prepared and in the course of the evening were handed to palmer who was to administer a dose the last thing at night about half-past ten palmer gave cook two of the pills settled him comfortably for the night and went home at ten minutes to eleven cook roused the house with a frightful scream calling out i'm going to be ill as i was last night palmer was sent for and brought with him two more pills which he said contained ammonia and gave them to cook very shortly afterwards convulsions set in which were followed by tetanus and the unfortunate man died in a few minutes in great agony the deceased man's relatives were communicated with and his father-in-law soon arrived in rugeley on palmer being questioned about cook's affairs he said that he held a paper drawn up by a lawyer and signed by cook stating that in respect of four thousand pounds worth of bills he cook was alone liable and palmer had a claim for that amount against the estate this with the other matters aroused suspicion and it was decided to hold a post-mortem examination on the body to ascertain the cause of death palmer was present at the examination and by his deliberate act the fluid contents of the stomach were lost what portions of the body were reserved for analysis he did all he could to prevent from reaching the analysts when the jars etc were being sent to london for examination by the government analyst he intercepted them and offered the postboy ten pounds to upset the conveyance and break them the evidence offered at the trial was almost entirely circumstantial and the medical testimony was very conflicting it was supposed in the first instance palmer had administered tartar emetic to his victim but that for the fatal dose strychnine was used it was proved palmer had purchased strychnine under suspicious circumstances on the morning of the day on which cook died and could not account for the purchase of it or state what he had done with it the symptoms appeared at a time which would correspond to the interval that precedes the action of strychnine being developed over the entire body and limbs in a few minutes suddenly and with violence none of the pills could be obtained for analysis and dr taylor who made the analytical examination was unable to find any trace of strychnine in the portion submitted to him but he found half a grain of antimony in the blood he believed cook died from the effects of strychnine the great point in the case was 
did the tetanic symptoms under which the deceased man died depend on disease or poison doctors brodie christison and todd and other eminent authorities of the time agreed that when taken as a whole they were not in accordance with any form of disease but were in perfect accordance with the effects of strychnine on the other hand medical men called for the defence testified that tetanus might be caused by natural disease and the deceased might have died from angina pectoris or epilepsy in spite of the absence of confirmatory chemical evidence after one hour and seventeen minutes deliberation the jury returned a verdict of guilty and palmer was sentenced to death the trial having lasted twelve days the rigid and fixed condition of the limbs is a marked feature after poisoning by strychnine in the recent horsford case in which a farmer named walter horsford was convicted of the murder of his cousin anne holmes at st neots in eighteen ninety seven three point six nine grains of strychnine were recovered from the internal organs after the body was exhumed nineteen days after death even then rigidity was very marked especially in the lower limbs and fingers the same rigidity was remarked by dr stevenson in the case of matilda clover who was poisoned by neil cream with strychnine a few years ago in this case the body had been buried from october until may and the rigidity in the limbs and fingers was still maintained dr stevenson states that usually when persons are suffering from strychnine poisoning they are very apprehensive of death he has known a woman say i am going to die before any intimation of symptoms had occurred the first apprehension is that some terrible calamity is about to take place End of chapter fifteen